life-work balance. It, it is a catchphrase that's been kind of thrown around a lot in the last few years, and yeah, I, I've got my opinions on it, but I think with travel healthcare, it really, really does lend itself to a discussion about how to balance your personal life and your healthcare uh, traveling career together. We're going to talk about life-work balance on today's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everyone. What a perfect setting for an episode about life-work balance. I mean, come on. It, you know, I want to do a couple of things in this episode. One of them is, I guess I'll start by telling you that I've never really been a fan of this phrase because I live in a different world than you guys do. Most people live in a different world than you guys do. I just don't think that... Gosh, I'm going to get philosophical right off the get-go in this episode. But here's what I think. I think in our country, too many people feel they've earned the right to goof around and to have things that they haven't quite deserved yet, if that makes sense. We don't work hard enough like we used to in this country. I just believe that. Most people don't. In the general world, sorry, there's all kinds of construction and everything else going on. Hopefully it doesn't picking up, but that's just what I believe. I've never sat there and said, oh, I, we're doing okay. I can now rest on my laurels. I just, I just don't know anybody successful that's been able to do that. In my position, in my career, I just don't see how that really comes into play. Yes, I do think there's a point where you have to really be smart about how hard you're working. But I think for most folks... The life-work balance thing seems almost like an excuse and a justification, if you will, for goofing off before you've really earned that right in your career to do so. I, I think every career, whether you own a bakery, you're an attorney, uh, you're a CEO of a healthcare staffing company, there is a point where you have earned the right to be able to, I think, enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. And, and I mean primarily by not driving so hard at work and having to spend so much time consumed with work. You have a successful bakery, there's a point where you've made it. Customers like your product, they're coming into your your store and you've got that you've got that mojo going, right? Like a like a good restaurant. I I, I do think that people nowadays tend to feel they've got that position or they're in that position, I should say before they really are there. And I just, I, I want people to be careful. And I'm not talking about necessarily healthcare travelers right now. Recruiters, account managers, you know, my counterparts, every, all of us need to be careful, in my opinion, with, with feeling like we've, we've arrived <laughs> before we have. 
you know, like I say, I, 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 I read a lot. I, I look at a lot of successful people and how they got there. And primarily, most of them got there by ridiculously hard work. Not just hard work or working a lot, but ridiculously consuming hard work. And, you know, I mean, I can attest to something you're passionate about, like I have been with the start of this company. It comes easy. I'm not sitting here trying to play my, my, you know, my sorrow fiddle, but listen, there's been times the last three years where I've literally worked 18 hour days, you know, four or five in a row because the opportunity has been there to do so. And there are times when, you know, I didn't have to do that because uh, things have been kind of happening, you know, because of that work that I've done. So it goes back and forth uh, for me, but I think that, I mean, listen, I'm still working my fanny off because I'm excited about what we're doing and the opportunity is there for me to work hard to present a product and an idea to the healthcare traveling community that I think is unique and I think incredibly overdue. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people that have different ideas of how to change the model, so to speak, and they're all working really hard. I'm sure that they are to get that concept out there. For you guys, I think there is an opportunity for you to be a better traveler. I've mentioned this before in a lot of different episodes that you do almost, I think, have to have this life-work balance sooner than you think because of the nature and the scope of your work primarily. Like I've always said many times, if I make a mistake, the worst thing that can happen is it can cost somebody, primarily the company that I run, financial you know, harm. I can make I can make a financial mistake. I can make a boo-boo money-wise. We can lose a deal. I can make a bad decision with the development of our app and where we're headed with it and where I think it needs to go and, and maybe I'm dead wrong because you know I didn't interview and talk to enough travelers. I talked to plenty of travelers. So things like that could cost time, which also costs money, or it could cost money directly. For you guys, if you make a mistake, like I've said so many times on this uh, this show. It's, it's a lot more serious. It could be your entire career. It could be someone's life. It could be, you know, a, a licensure revoking. It, there's the, the, the danger of having a little bit of a burnout with you guys is much higher because, mo- let's, be, let's face it, most jobs in our country and in the world don't surround life and, and death, unfortunately, as much as yours does. It just doesn't. I'm sure police officers would, would, would argue with that as well. There's do, do, you know, people that are in, in emergency services, fire, fire men and women, a lot of other different careers that do involve protecting and, and helping the community are that way. But how many, what's the percentage of that? I don't know. But it's very small compared to the number of jobs, quote unquote, and careers that people have out there. So that's why I say, I'm kind of talking on both sides of my mouth, but I think the life-work balance scenario really does work for you guys. And I'll stick to my guns and say I don't think it really, really does for most of society. I just think it's a baloney excuse that says, hey, let's let's goof up because we're kind of, we've been working hard, so let's just take a break and a vacation and let's you know, ease off on the throttle. And I, I would, I'll put it this way, I'm not teaching my children that. Both my kids are in school. You know, when they're doing well, it's not like, oh, now you can kick back and, and blow off class and not study. No, it's, it doesn't work that way because you have an opportunity right now to graduate with a 
you know, potentially a, a higher GPA, which could lead to some graduate work if you're if you're interested and, and open some doors up for some schools, that sort of thing. So I just I don't teach that to to my children. I don't live that way. So, um, but I wanted to have this episode because it's it's so ironic to me that as I thought about this, my first reaction was, nah, I, I don't I don't like this episode because I've got to talk about something I don't necessarily believe in. The more I thought about it when I was writing them my notes for the episode. I kind of went, you know, this really does make a lot of sense to me for the audience that we're we're having this this episode for. It really does. I mean, I, again, we talked about it in avoiding burnout. I can't remember if that was the full name of the of the the episode. Or it was avoiding traveler burnout. I can't remember. But early on, we did an episode about avoiding burnout, and I talked around this a lot. I talked about taking vacations. I talked about taking time off in between assignments. I talked about taking some easy assignments. When I say easy, I mean potentially less acuity, um, better better RAN facilities, that sort of thing. This is kind of along the same line. I do believe that for your career to be extended, for you to make crazy money, for you to be able to stay and do what you love to do and really turn this into a great nuance of a healthcare career, being a traveling healthcare professional, I think having that life-work balance immediately is something that you should be thinking about. Okay, so there, there I kind of summed it up as to what I was really trying to say. Speaking of which, here's a great example. I am down here still in Florida, as you can plainly see. Um, the team and I are enjoying, I think, a lot of life work balance right now, I will tell you. We've been working really hard, um, like I said, with a pretty major uh, vendor, and we've been having some fun in the evenings and you know going out on our own and exploring some of this uh this part of florida which i'm not that familiar with it's a little further south than where where i'm used to same gulf coast that's for sure but we've had a lot of fun down here because they've earned it we've worked super hard with uh with what we're working on and the different nuances of of our app and how it all interfolds and our marketing strategy and and our our fulfillment uh, obligations that we have to our vendors and our facilities and how to work through that and how to uh continue to, to increase and do better for those folks. So when the day's over, you know, when we've had a day like that, it's it's important to reward the team and we go out and we're having a great time. And it's such a unique part of the country. Um, I lived in Florida, as, as many of you guys know, for what, 50, oh, how many years? 50? Well, I mean, my folks lived here for a long time. I was still up at Michigan and uh, I did go to Florida State, as you guys know, graduate Florida State. And I lived in Pensacola for a while afterward, for about three years until I moved to Colorado. So Florida has always been uh, endearing to me. Um, it is, I have realized I don't want to retire here. I know the cost of living is fantastic. I mean, this state really is doing a great job. I mean, the, the, going out to dinner or going out and having some, some fun with the team is noticeably less expensive here. And every bit is fun. It's just the, the, the economy hasn't quite hit down here like it is elsewhere. But I think because of the popularity of the state, it's coming. Um, housing is starting to go up because obviously it's getting gobbled up, especially waterfront property. You know, here it's it's increasing immensely. So um, if you're an investor, I would get down and get some property and you'll probably double your money in the next three or four years because it's, it's, it's booming down here. Uh, but it's a unique part of the state, that's for sure. I think Florida is one of those states, like so many states, that every little area is is very unique. That it's just different here than it is across the state where a lot of my my friends live. Um, certainly different than the Panhandle. Certainly different than the, the Tampa Bay area. You know, than certainly Orlando and Jacksonville. It's 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 a, just one of those states that has so many different areas to it that it's been a lot of fun. So we've been enjoying 
I guess, a micro, a micro version of life-work balance down here uh, in Florida. So what is life-work balance? Let's start off with that. The definition is equally prioritizing the demands of work and your career with the demands of your personal life. It's, it's prioritizing them equally so that one doesn't suffer over the other doesn't mean you play all the time so that your work suffers doesn't mean you work all the time so that you know your your personal life suffers it's a it's a balance that doesn't mean a 50 50 balance it means a balance that works for you i think everybody's different in that regard there are there are people like i just said a little while ago that i think feel that they've earned the right to to have more personal than work uh, i don't know how that works but i guess if you if you have the right situation going for you let's just say you're a phenomenal traveler and you always get the best positions and your marketability is perfect and you really have figured out exactly how to travel effectively and how to turn this into a, a business mindset you're making the kind of money you want you always get the positions and everything is just working perfectly then yeah i would say that you probably have earned the right to start to prioritize your personal life a little higher so that maybe the assignments you're choosing have more to do with that the, the time that you're spending, the, the, you know, the locations and those assignments, uh, how often you're taking them, all that could come into play. But if you're not there, I think that you know, there, there's going to be a, a higher, much higher uh, concentration on the work and career aspect of your life-work balance. So here's why it's important. Anybody will tell you that the reason it's important is that it reduces stress. The whole idea is that if you're just working, and let's be frank, what we're talking about with life-work balance is really incorporating, I think against my philosophy, incorporating more of that personal balance into the work balance. In other words, it's the first time we've said, hey, let's think about, let's think about what's important to us on a personal note. We've never really done that. We've never really focused on that. I don't know if it's because, like I just said, we don't want to because it makes us feel selfish that it feels like, you know, that's just not the way we're, we're supposed to be built. I kind of, maybe I'm, maybe I'm old school, but we've never talked as a, as a, in, in the United States at least, about throwing in personal stuff. It's always been work, work, work. We've, we've admired people that have worked hard. We've um, put them up on pedestals for people that have succeeded because of their hard work. And for the most part, I think it's pretty accurate. I'm sure that those there's those folks that are just incredibly lucky and they are very successful in what they choose to do automatically or they get lightning in a bottle and they, they create something that is unique and they don't have to work that hard. But I think that's a really, really small amount of the population. I think most people have to really work hard in order to get their, their benefit. But this is why we're doing this episode, so you can kind of get there. It, it helps you prevent burnout. It reduces stress and helps you to prevent burnout. In other words, that incorporation and that concentration or at least I guess uh, you're paying attention more to the personal aspect of your life and this is where I, I am going to start to talk completely opposite what I said and this is where I believe very strongly that because of the nature of your of your career the fact that you guys literally and I know you guys say you have a job every you have to look for a job every 13 weeks we all know and those of you that have listened to me on Travel Evolve know that it's pretty much every day there isn't uh, a time period goes by that somebody doesn't reach out and says, hey, I just was terminated or my assignment just ended. Whether it's, you know, obviously there's a lot more external people than our internal people. It happens to us internally where things happen. I had a, had some things happen recently where, you know, there was some scheduling conflicts and it just didn't work out. And we thought the facility was going to, you know, look the other way because they had agreed to some things and it didn't work out that way. And so, you know, 
travelers are prepared and they get ready and they, they find another assignment. But there's that stressful period of time, I'm sure, where they're like, wow, I, I, I make, need to make sure I've got my, my financial aspects covered. So it's very, very stressful. Every 13 weeks, literally every, every shift, you guys are on your toes because you know how this world works. It is incredibly volatile. And for anybody that thinks that they've got a guarantee of 13 weeks and 36 hours or 40 hours a week, you guys know that that's just not, it doesn't really work. Um, it is, in a, in a normal world, focusing on some of your personal aspects of your, of your, your life is going to reduce that stress. I mean, let's just be frank. This has been fun for me because a couple of reasons, and I'll just I'll share this with you. I wasn't looking forward to yet another Colorado winter. I, you guys know I love my home state of, well, not my home state, but my, my new home state. I've lived there for 25, 26, 7 years. I don't know, a long time. I'll have to go back and think about it. I'm not going to do it live, but it's, it's been a long time, and I've enjoyed that state. But as I'm getting older, um, you know, growing up in Michigan and then spending so much time down here in the, in the state of Florida, between the, I mean, I was 21 years of my life I lived in Michigan. And then, you know, now Colorado for, for every bit as long as that, it's, there is a, there's a point in my life where I'm just personally tired of that cold weather. Colorado's beautiful. I mean, I'm not trying to sell my state. This trumps me. There's enough people moving to that state. We don't need any more. It's getting ridiculous and it's getting really expensive there. Um, but any more as I as I as I'm getting older, it, it, it just it's there's more sunny days in Colorado than there actually is in Florida, if you can believe that or not. It's one of the sunny. I think it is the number one largest sunshine state. That's why people have to be so careful with their skin out there. Um, it's gorgeous. It's cold. This winter's been you know incredibly cold. It's just dry. It's a different kind of cold. But for me and my body, I'm just I'm tired of it. I'm tired of snow. I'm tired of not seeing grass. I'm tired of not hearing birds chirp. I know it sounds silly. I'm tired of sometimes being cooped up. In the winter times in Colorado, when you go through these you know, bouts of cold, you literally are inside unless you're getting in your car and running into a store or running into a gym or somewhere, and you're, and you're back inside again. My neighbors and I always kind of joke around when it starts to get nice out. We all get outside. We're like, hey, the, you know, the bears have finally left their caves, and we're actually starting to see each other again. That's that way in a lot of parts of our country. So coming here was definitely a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was in. I was definitely in because I felt like even though we were going to work every bit as hard and, and then some for sure, being down here was a change of a welcome change of scenery for me. It allowed me to work hard and enjoy a little bit of aspect what, what I was looking for, and that was to frankly just not see snow, to have sunshine all the time, to have beautiful weather, to, to go boating, to be able to take some time off and go out on the water, to check out some new restaurants, to be able to you know take the team and do some fun things at night. But to be in, I mean, yesterday was 90 degrees down here, and it's March, early March, and I was blown away. I'm like, wow, it was definitely higher, hotter than it's supposed to be right now, yet the rest of the country is experiencing colder weather than it is. I haven't missed the cold of Colorado at all, not one bit. So for me, this these six weeks, which is how long we've been down here, and it doesn't seem that way because we recorded a bunch of episodes in advance, but when all is said and done, the intention is we were supposed to be down here for four. We ended up staying for a couple more weeks. We've been down here for six weeks total, <clears throat> a little over six weeks, actually, six weeks in a few days. And it's been wonderful. It has helped a lot of folks. We had some people that went back and forth, so there was some ability for a lot of the team to recharge. Trust me, the California office didn't need to come to Florida. They get nice weather all the time, although it's been pretty rough out there, actually, with some you know some cooler weather, a lot more colder than normal. So they're they're not getting their sunshine they normally get, which is like wow, California always gets it. But 
Anyway, this was part of a life work life work balance for me. I felt this was a a unique opportunity for me to say, okay, I, I was going to spend a lot of time in the California office for selfish reasons because of that whole thing I just mentioned, I didn't really want to be in, in Colorado. And as it turned out, there was an opportunity to do some really great hard work down here, and I jumped on it because I felt like it was a better decision than just deciding I was going to work out of the California office. And I felt like this was, I knew it was going to be hard work, but for me, it helped with that life force balance. So I got it. Had we hadn't earned it yet, I knew coming down here was not going to be any vacation, and it hasn't been. To be honest, we actually worked longer hours here, at least many of us have, than we were doing before because the opportunity was there for us to have some deadlines, to come back with some ideas, and to really brainstorm as a team as to how we were going to solve a lot of different uh, unique advancements, so to speak, in what it is that we're doing. So that's why we came down here, just because <laughs> I wanted to. came down here for good reasons. Let's talk about it. Let's talk a little more about this now. Let's get into the episode a little bit harder here. What I'm getting at on what I said earlier is that a lot of this depends upon where you are financially. So I want you to really think about that as you're listening to this episode. Where am I financially for my life, <laughs> my whole entire life? In other words, my retirement. Where am I that? I don't care if you're 20-something years old or you're 60-something years old and you're at the end. That's a consideration. How far do I have to go? What kind of lifestyle do I want to eventually have? And where am I? What I love to do with, with you guys is I also really like to talk about an annual career goal, financial goal, and all that kind of stuff. I want to make sure that you guys have really, really considered looking at kind of an annualized financial plan. In other words, how much money do you want to make in this case in 2023? I hope you did that back at the end of 2022. We talked about it on a few of our episodes. This is an important thing to think about. In other words, how many years do I have left of doing healthcare? How many of those involve traveling? What's your whole overall plan? And it should be based or predicated on where it is that you want to or how it is that you want to retire. What kind of a lifestyle? Where do you want to live? What's the cost of living going to be like? What kind of a life do you want to have when you're ready? Some people just want to be done and I can I can live, you know, very modestly and I that's that's what I want to retire early and be done as fast as possible. Other people want to retire to a certain level so they're willing to do some work and 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 work harder at some things as far as your career goes, to be able to maybe improve the, the location that you're living in or the quality of life that you have or, or just the things you like to do. So as you're looking at that, what I've always recommended is looking at an annualized financial goal. I want to make X amount of dollars. And I'm just use $100,000. I know that may be low for some people. It may be high for some people. But if you want to make $100,000, that means you're looking at making $25,000 every single assignment. I don't know if we're talking about net gross. We'll just talk about gross for our, our situation right now. Which means that you need to be looking at where am I? It is now, you know, last time I checked, we are about ready to go into the second quarter of the year. So we are toward the end of, of March, let's say, middle of March or whatever. So when on, on April 1st, that is where we start, you know, second quarter. So where is it? Have you made 25% of whatever your career goal is based upon where you are now so far this year? What is your what do your paycheck stubs look like? What is the gross amount? What's the net amount depending on what what your goal is? I think that makes a huge decision in your life work balance as to where you're headed to next. Are you going to extend and stay? Is that the best fit because you're making good money or everything works out pretty well? I can't sit there and talk about every scenario, but you guys get where I'm going with this. It really depends upon what your goals are. And I, I love the idea of tying things to a financial goal that you have 
that is yearly, which is also then based upon the end of life type or end of career, not life. Let's make sure we qualify that. The end of your career goal as to where you want to be. So obviously, the higher up that you want to retire, the further behind maybe you are financially or, you know, how close you are to retiring, that's all going to be based upon how hard you need to work right now. So in other words, if you're behind and you're, you know, let's say my age and you really feel like you've got to retire at a certain level, then you're going to have less of a life-work balance. It's going to be more of a work balance because your life balance will be there when you retire. And that's what I'm trying to get at for some of you. But it's all going to be individualized based upon what you want to do. If you're fortunate and you're still young, don't, you know, ixnay this or, or poo-poo it or put it in the back burner. Start thinking about this now. You, you, I hope that as this episode stands the test of time, you'll be very thankful that you did. If you've got 25 years, let's say, left on your career, I hope you do. You've got 25 years to say, where do I want to be and what kind of income do I need to make? And obviously, as time goes by, it's going to change. We've had little blips of things like we had a couple of years ago where there's great opportunity to make crazy money. I hope many of you went for it while the opportunity was there. We've had periods of time, quite a few, uh, in during my career here in healthcare staffing, that there hasn't been. It's actually been incredibly low, and we've got to work ourselves through that, which is another hurdle to, to, to cross. So things will ebb and flow, but if you are looking at where you are financially, that's really gonna gonna set set the, the right. Have you? The, I'm sorry, set the life work balance, I guess, scale as to where you are. I really think that's how you should look at this. Where are you financially? Have you earned the right to even think about a life-work balance without putting the burnout factor, you know, without considering that? That's, that is still, in my opinion, something you have to keep thinking about. You've still got to do a couple of things. There's a little bird chirping right there, probably picking up every bit of that mic, but a little yellow bird. That's, and I, say, I wouldn't be getting that if I was in Colorado on my life-work balance. We, there's no birds until April on those good sunny days. They're all down here chirping in, in sunny Florida. Have you earned that right? Where are you? What needs to be done in order for you to earn that right? In other words, if you're not where you need to be financially this year, potentially one really high paying, but maybe not so wonderful location or, or even you know environment assignment might really put you to a point where, okay, now in June or July 1st, let's say, I'm now in a different position. Now I've got some options. I really, you know, worked hard and kicked, you know what, this last quarter. So now I'm, I'm there. All this stuff makes sense. What do I need to do to be in a financial situation where I can start to improve some of my, my, my more personal uh, life portion of my life work balance in, into play? So I think you've got to be there. Make a promise to yourself. What I, I like playing games with myself and in my head, and that's why I'm a goal setter, and, and I love to make myself disappointed and be like, oh, we missed it by one or two or missed this by a certain figure. To me, that kind of keeps keeps us going. Um, and so I think that's important. If you have started with that plan, really think about it. Start making sure you know exactly where you are with regard to where you are at that goal. If you haven't made any kind of financial goal, it's not too late. You still have you know three-fourths of a year to go. Say, okay, I'm looking at my, my gross amount and my paycheck stub. When you, when you get one, you can see it and say, Here's where I am. Let's have a reasonable goal that I feel like I can meet by the end of the year and let's make sure it works for me for my bills and the amount of money I want to invest or put away for my retirement and all that kind of fun stuff. And now you've got three assignments to really start thinking about or really nine months to really plan for how to get there, which might mean some sacrifices for you. You may have to take an assignment that is not your first choice because it pays really well. 
you may have to look at an assignment you know and unfortunately a lot of the a lot of the stuff is already going to has come into play it's hard to not plan in, in the latter part of the last year because I think some of the most incredible opportunities tend to come in the first and second quarter, first you know quarter and a little bit longer of the year, of the annualized year, because there's so many great opportunities to take some high-paying positions in some less desirable parts of the country that are, let's be honest, cold and snowy. Um, for the same reasons I'm down here, there's a lot of people that don't want to be in those areas. So I, I believe that we may have missed some of that, but there's still opportunity for you to consider some really higher paying assignments than maybe what you're really comfortable with or want to go reach out and do that if you've earned that right so begin with that annual financial plan or a goal and you make yourself and for yourself i've got to meet that in order for me to even consider doing anything else that is that is priority number one so here's what i think you should this is what i believe kind of creates a good life work balance first of all you have to create some obligations you've got to create obligations for work like i've been talking about your financial obligations have to be met which means there are some of those goals, let's say, and, and, and obligations, let's not call them goals, let's call them obligations. You may have an obligation with a location. You may have to work somewhere close to home. You may have to work somewhere close to, uh, you know, where somebody else is, a, a family member. There may be some location obligations that you're required to. I've talked to a lot of travelers that are, are doing the what you call kind of the local traveler, which means they're going within two or three, maybe four hours away from home. And they're only able to do that because they're, they've got different reasons why they have to stay at home. That is an obligation that does affect your, you know, your, your work. So consider that. Also consider career advancement locations. So again, your obligations are, I want to work at, let's say, a teaching facility. I want to foster and further my career and my resume. I want to become more marketable, which means I've got to be you know, looking at additional CEUs, continuing education. I want to be looking at working on potentially getting some different certifications if you have those in your, in your scope of work. I want to be looking at different licensures. I want to be improving my resume so I'm more marketable and that's part of my obligation for my work. So we've already kind of talked a lot about that in this episode. Let me switch gears on you. Another obligation that I believe heavily and this is why I spend so much time in so many episodes going over this is your health. Your health is an absolute obligation to you. We talk on a lot of episodes. I know sometimes you guys are like, why is he talking about fitness and nutrition again? Because nutrition is that important to you. It is that important to your life work balance and the quality of life that you've got to make some nutritional obligations to yourself that you're going to, I don't care if it's quit smoking, you know, stop drinking, uh, stop eating bad food and and get on if you're going to go nuts and go completely over the deep end I always say just start with some baby steps and those you'll see those results and they'll they'll start to affect you elsewise I'm going to start exercising I'm going to work on you know my my just overall conditioning I've had a lot of friends that are my age that are have, have admitted to me that they haven't really you know been big fans of working out or exercising at all and as they're getting into their 50s they're realizing they're getting a little softer, especially around you know the the core and 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 legs. And they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have a, I want to, I want to stay in shape, and I want to, I want to, you know, stave that off and, and make sure that I'm healthy. And they're realizing that if they haven't exercised most of their life, it's kind of the time now where you really just can't get by, because your body's young and it's it's firm and it's got it's in good shape just naturally because you walk around or you're running around a hospital or facility. There's a point in your life where you actually have to be 
obligated to start to focus on your body and making sure that it's not breaking down and that you're taking care of it so it can take care of you. So that's another obligation you need to create. Also along that health obligation I'm talking about checkups, physicals. If you guys ever you guys probably don't get this, but I will tell you in the in the in in my world there are a lot of people that don't go to doctors and dentists because they're afraid that they're going to get all bad news. That's a real thing. I know you guys know it's a real thing, but I'm blown away by intelligent men and women who, oh, I haven't, I haven't gotten a physical in a while. And they're my age. I haven't gotten a prostate exam. I haven't gotten a, an actual physical. I haven't, you know, gone to the, my OBGYN. It's, it's remarkable how people get to an age, they just get scared. I don't want bad news. I don't think you guys fall in that category, but I've been hit with that a few times in the last couple of months and I'm just like what you're, you're kidding me how you, that's, there's no way so checkups treatments things that you're that you're wanting to do for yourself these are things that you have to work on and you have to make a health obligation for yourself in order to have this life work balance relationships is another area this is more of the obviously the the life balance but you've got to focus on your relationships as a traveling healthcare professional You've got to be incredibly cognizant and aware of the existing relationships you have and how they're going to be affected by you not being around. Now, I can speak to this pretty clearly. I've got friends of mine that I only see every couple of years, and maybe I only talk to them through social media. Listen, I've got friends that I Snapchat only with. I've got friends that will look at you know what I'm doing, and I'll look at what they're doing on on you know a Facebook or a TikTok or an Instagram. We stay connected that way, and for me, and maybe because I know I know I was going to be a little bit sexist here, men think differently. You know, we we don't necessarily oftentimes have to have that phone call and that conversation. But I could pick up the phone with a, any of a dozen of my true good friends that are in this category, and it's like yesterday. It, 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 we don't need that that constant conversation. I'm able to maintain those important incredibly important relations with with that I have even though I'm I'm theoretically on the road and moving all the time and I'm I mean you guys know I don't spend a lot of time in one area so it works for me same thing can apply to you but you've got to focus on it got to concentrate if I have a friend by the way that that all of a sudden that wouldn't work for him or her then I would switch up and and make sure if they're important to me that I'm that I'm working and talking with them and they're seeing them or on the phone with them more often than than what is required. I mean, we've learned that as as a group of friends what what needs. And I, I do have friends that sometimes need more more conversations, more calls than others. But I know what that's like, so I focus and I'm obligated to those existing relationships. You guys are also looking at new relationships, so there is an obligation there as well. Whether you are single and and traveling, or whether you're just talking about meeting new new uh, constituents, new new not constituents, people that you're working with, cohorts, counterparts is what I meant to say. People that are, you know, can help you and mentor you, or you can mentor them. We've talked about mentoring. You're learning and creating new exist, new new relationships that you're going to want to foster. That's an important obligation that you want to, you know, stay committed to. Um, lastly, it's interests. So that's the last obligation I want you to think about, and that is committing yourself to the things that you're interested in. And again, sky's the limit on that. But don't forget about it don't put that to the back burner in order to have a great life work balance you need to be obligated to your work you need to be obligated to your health you need to be obligated to your relationships and you need to be obligated to your particular interests and make sure that those are all being looked at and focused on in their corresponding and um, I guess in, in the proper percentage of how that affects and how you focus on that during your life it's it's important 
you've got to remind yourself of what makes you happy. And we've talked a lot about this on Travel Evolved. Listen, just because you are, you know, going to pick up your guitar or you're going to continue to, to, you know, take that online cooking class or whatever it is you're doing and you're going to continue to read the, those, that book you want to read or, or advance or go to the park or exercise or get, get in shape doesn't mean that, you, that your work has to suffer. It means that when work is over and you're back from your shift, you can now focus on you and what it's important to you. That's where I feel that you guys are unique in in a lot of positions where you can kind of you know we talked about alone but not lonely i keep referencing that that episode a lot because it's to me it's important there's such a i think unique and wonderful opportunity that many of you guys have if you're traveling by yourself to focus mentally on exactly what we're talking about in today's episode and I think so many of us, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I, look at yourself and tell me, do you just go to work and then you just get home and you just veg out and stare at this? This is great if you want to find your next position, look for an app. <laughs> Had to do it. They're wonderful to have with you. And that's what's great about next-gen apps. Mostly the good apps will just notify you. You don't have to stare at your phone. It makes a little ding noise and you go, oh, great, there's a new ICU position I want to go check out and here's the rate and everything's right here in front of me. And yes, I want to apply or no, I don't. But if we put these down for a while, every time you get back, and, and I do believe, by the way, as a society, we're a little addicted to those things. Put those down for a while and focus on the things that, are, that make you happy. Then I think that's, that's going to be a good start to getting to starting to focus on that life-work balance. you got to work with intensity, um, but you've got to also pay attention and I think actually force yourself to focus on the personal aspects of what you guys are doing and I do believe like I said at the beginning of this episode that you guys are unique in the fact that I feel it's different than a lot of other careers you guys really kind of have earned the right and it's important for your career to make sure that you're focusing on the life part I guess that's the the, the principle for the life work balance I just think for a lot of folks, you got to be careful of of feeling like you can increase the life more than what the work has allowed you to increase. If that makes sense, so I don't know. Anyway, it's been a. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what's going on. Like I said last, I think last episode, we are um, because we were here a couple weeks longer. We were going to start talking a little bit about what was happening um, three years ago, which I think is so fascinating. Because I'll say this to you guys. When we thought of this concept, which seems kind of like, well, duh, everyone's doing it now. But three years ago, there wasn't anybody that was talking about getting rid of the recruiting process in, in this entire cycle. It was, wait, what? Oh, you can't do that. No way. You, the, first, the first reaction to anybody that was in the industry was, no way. No, it won't work. Matter of fact, I think I've shared with you guys that that was my first reaction when a recruiter came into my office I don't know, five, six years ago, and said, we're going to get replaced by, by apps. I said, no, no, we're not, because it scared the hell out of me. I think that's what happens with a lot of people that are in our industry on this side of the business, is a change like that scares the hell out of people in the, on, on the agency side. It just does, because it's, it's, a, it's a, a new step in a new direction that they may or may not be prepared to, uh, to follow or, or ready to. And if you're not ready to follow something and it comes faster than you're prepared for, you're going to get left behind. And that's the first reaction is to be scared. So that was a pretty normal thought for me is 
can we do this? I want to, I'm going to talk a lot more about how this whole thing came about and how crazy it was as we, as I started, well, I mean, it started, again, I'll tell you, it started with me, but as I started thinking about this concept, I kept thinking how much of this started making more and more sense in every avenue of why this industry needed a, a, a kick in the pants, a shot in the arm, and a change was so blatantly obvious that it just kept making more and more and more sense as we started to break apart how this process works. And, and I've said to you guys many times before, I still believe one of the toughest parts of your career, your job, as we say, is that part about finding the, the right assignment. I think that's the biggest challenge. I think once you guys have your assignment and you've got yourself, you know, you've got the credentialing aspect down, you've got the interviewing aspect down, you've got your marketability down, you know what you're doing at work. If you really break it down of this cycle, you guys go through every potentially every 13 weeks maybe only every 26 weeks if you like to stay around it seems to be the process of which you find or gain or or book your next gig so to speak is oftentimes the hardest aspect of what it is that you guys do so for me it was how can we improve that process how can we make it much more efficient how can we make it much more effective how can we also by the way pay more because we can't gouge hospitals anymore. We can't we can't increase the bill rate, but there is one thing we could do. We could sacrifice what a company's making and provide that, you know, a direct. What we're not taking directly goes to a to a traveler. Well, that sounds great, but how do we survive? How do we how do we pay our bills? How, I mean, what kind of bills do we have? Oh, we don't have as many bills because when you start looking at the processes of, of automating things, there's a lot of money that's wasted that you guys pay for. And people don't realize that. I had, had somebody the other day on our, our, our back end say, well, but these, I'm trying to make sure I say this right, but recruiters really do a great job and, and they're, they're, they're worth it. And one of my teams said, are they worth you know $100, $125 a week out of your pocket to pay them? Because this was about what it would be for this commission on this particular, the commission on the else on this particular uh, opportunity, and she was quick like, well, no. So it's like uh, I saw that I saw a thing one time. They were they were out somewhere and they were interviewing people in the street, and they were talking about uh, some bill, or was saying, hey, how do you know, do you want to support this, you know, giving away free this or free that? With the, and they was like, oh yeah, definitely. And they said, great. How much can we put you down for? What percentage of your paycheck do you would you like? You know, half a percent, one percent to go to this? And they all were like, well, well I don't want to pay for this. I just want it to be paid for. And they didn't, they weren't really understand the concept. But nothing really is free. Same thing with our with our industry. So it was interesting because when this traveler was saying, but, you know, recruiters are great and, and, and they do such a good job, and they do. When she hadn't thought about, yeah, but you're paying for those recruiters. It is, it, it, that's a weird way of saying it. How about this? When you don't have them, you make more money. So I guess we don't have to say that you're paying for recruiters, but if their commission was going to them or it's going back to you in the form of your compensation every week, it really changes the thought process. Well, I guess they're not as important as I thought. Is what she basically said. Yeah, I can kind of see how they made. It. I mean, it was really amazing and, and kind of an aha moment for for that particular traveler. They were like, "Oh, but I love I love recruiters and else." But do you love them? One hundred twenty five bucks a week every single week because that's the difference in what you're you're you know why this company's paying this and why we're paying this. And they, she couldn't figure it out. And as soon as the light went off, it was, "Oh yeah, no, I don't think they're that good after all." <laughs> And that's 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 the idea. I mean, that's what we knew we had three years ago. We knew that we were going to have a challenge of explaining the benefit 
and under, people to understand because it's just human reaction. You're not used to this. You're used to things happening a certain way and you're used to somebody calling you and you complain about it, but it's the way it goes and you don't like it, but, but it works. And it does work. It, it's worked for you know as long as this industry has been around, which has been a long time, a lot longer than I've been in it. But I've been in it longer than... The word I guess I've been at most of the majority of the time this this industry's been around. That's hard to say. So it's a new concept, and it was it was a very unique idea, and we were so excited about it. And I guess what I'm saying in a long, you know, roundabout way is I can't wait to get back. We've recorded literally, like I said, 15 to 30 minutes every single Friday back, starting in, in I believe it was March of 2020. So we'd already kind of formed the concept, and we it was all just. Have you ever had one of those moments where things are just rushing at you? Every idea is just coming at you, making 100,000% sense. And like I said, I went from being jaded and disenchanted with this industry to being, oh my gosh, what could we do here with, with how could we change the entire industry? If we could start to add, you know, 10, 15 more percent up from agencies to a traveler every single week, you know, taking a 30% margin and knocking it down to a 15% margin, what would that look like? And it started to get pretty remarkable. And that's what we're working towards. So we're going to see how that goes. So guys, as always, I can't thank you enough for subscribing to us. Please, you know, hit that little bell if you're watching us on YouTube. So it'll, it'll notify you when a new episode comes out. If you are watching us or listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, definitely there's a way to subscribe to those it'll also give you a notification when a new episode comes out we really appreciate it. our audience is growing uh we've had a lot of fun we're gonna, i think we're going to get a couple more episodes out down here because i just can't resist being out here it's just nice even though it's a little noisy and i appreciate you guys uh suffering through that we will be back in denver pretty soon and we will be quickly onward to california uh to work out there with some of our operations thing and, and just kind of focus on that office for a while guys i appreciate you immensely thank you so so much tell all your friends about us we love you Catch you next time on Travel Evolved.